Hello and good morning. Welcome to Paps Pod, presented by Anchor. It is a pleasure to have you listening on this beautiful Wednesday morning. We have a lot to get into today. We are going to discuss two of my favorite athletes, not so much what they did on the court, more of what they did or didn't do off the court. With that being said, let's get started. Social justice has been a hot topic this year, sadly due to the murders of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd, as well as the shooting of Jacob Blake. The NBA took center stage during all of this. In response to the Jacob Blake shooting, the Bucks decided to boycott their playoff game against the Orlando Magic. This is after the NBA had come back from the COVID-19 hiatus. This sparked the NBA to cancel all games until further notice. Multiple leagues followed suit. The WNBA, MLB, and NHL all postponed play. A player I think has been, if not the biggest, one of the biggest advocates for social for social justice is LeBron James. Now let's break away from the present day and work our way back. LeBron came into the league at 19 years old in 2003. He was deemed the chosen one on the cover of Sports Illustrated while he was in high school. I would argue no a- athlete ever had to live up to the to others' expectations as much as LeBron had to. The crazy thing is, he surpassed the expectations. He shattered them. Not only has he become one of the most one of the best athletes of all time, but he has become one of the most polarizing and influential athletes of my generation. Four rings, four regular season and NBA Finals MVP trophies. All of this from a kid in, a- kid in Akron. Uh, all this from a kid, from a kid born in Akron, to a future Hall of Famer, and a financial mogul, and he still is told to shut up and dribble. For those of my listeners that don't know what I'm talking about, let me fill you in. In 2018, LeBron James and Kevin Durant took part in a 17-minute interview with ESPN broadcaster Kerry Thompson. James discussed family, personal growth and the challenges that come with being a, being black and a public figure in America. This is after someone had spray-painted a racial slur on James's gate at his L.A. home. He also discussed politics and President Trump. James said the number one job in America, the appointed person, is someone who doesn't understand the people. The athlete said at one point during the interview, adding that some of the president's comments are laughable and scary. Now, now, this isn't the first time LeBron has been political. In 2016, he endorsed presidential candidate Hillary Clinton when she ran against Trump. So now the far rights already have a problem with him, especially with the conservative media. In reaction to James's interview, Fox News's Laura Ingraham responded to his comments, quoted, calling LBJ and Katie as barely intelligible and ungrammatical. On her Fox News show, The Ingraham Angle. It's always unwise to seek political advice from someone who gets paid $100 million a year to bounce a ball, she said. Keep the political comments to yourselves. Shut up and dribble. This is the problem. Black athletes have been breaking their asses since before Jackie Robinson to play the sport they love. Just to play the sport they love. They have been oppressed and blackballed. 
It didn't end with Jackie. He was just the first to break through the color barrier. A lot has changed since 1947, but it clearly isn't the perception of black athletes. The media has always attempted to silence outspoken African-American athletes, such as Muhammad Ali and Kurt Flood. Brown reacted, saying that her comments only helped bring awareness to his message. James, fully aware of his platform and influence, said, We will definitely not shut up and dribble. I mean, too much to society, too much to the youth, too much to so many kids who feel like they don't have a way out. Fast forward to today, James has multiple projects, such as Uninterrupted, which is a platform that he and Maverick Carter created, with the slogan, with the slogan being, more than an athlete, which aims to give athletes a voice and platform to express themselves. He opened the I Promise School in his hometown of Akron, Ohio. The school is specifically aimed at at-risk children in Akron. Going back to 2020, James has been a huge advocate in seeking justice for Breonna Taylor, who was murdered by police officers shooting into her apartment unprovoked. James sported shirts and hats in support of this. Most memorable, he wore a Make America Arrest the Cops Who Killed Breonna Taylor hat. This is his take on Trump's MAGA hat. James has done so much for social justice and in the black community as a whole and continues to do so. This only helps his case of being the greatest of all time. Now let's jump to someone who is usually mentioned when praising LeBron James, Michael Jordan. As we all know, there will forever be a debate between Jordan stands and LeBron stands on who the GOAT is. Now, I can go all day on this matter as well, but that's not the focus of today's episode. As I said, LeBron is the most influential polarizing player in in the league today. MJ was that times 100 in the 90s. And it all started with Air Jordan. David Falk, MJ's agent, had an image to market Michael like a tennis star. ProServe, ProServe was the first was the firm he was with at the time. They had prominent tennis players such as Jimmy Connors and Arthur Ashe. Falk wanted to get Michael his own shoe and other products, just like Arthur Ashe had. Falk said the strategy was to take a team sport player and treat him like a golfer, boxer, or tennis star. Jordan ended up signing with Nike for $250,000, which was unheard at the time for a rookie. Nike was hoping to sell $3 million in shoes. After one year, they had sold $126 million worth of shoes. Air Jordans took off and became bigger than any shoe before. They turned sneakers from just something you played ball in to fashion. Through this, MJ not only became a sports icon, but also a pop culture icon. Air Jordans were the best things since sliced bread. Everyone wanted their hands on them. What took Jordan, what took Jordan's stardom to another level was the 1992 Olympics, in which the United States Dream Team won gold. Jordan had the platform and the audience, but failed to use it, or simply did not know how to use it. In 1990, Jordan's mother asked him to shoot a commercial endorsing Harvey Gantt, who was running against famous white supremacist Jesse Helms for North Carolina State Senate. In response to this, Jordan was quoted saying, Republicans buy sneakers too. This rubbed many people in the black community the wrong way. This statement seems to imply that Jordan is more worried about 
personal gain and wealth rather than his political stance and race. In episode five of the last of the last dance, Jordan says, I don't think that statement needs to be corrected because I said it on a bus with Horace Grant and Scottie Pippen, and it was thrown off the cuff. Jordan felt as if he didn't know enough to make his platform heard, but that he would con- that he would contribute to Gant's campaign, which he later did. Helms ended up defeating Gant in the Senate race. Jordan was said to have lost support of many in the black community. People were upset he did not use his platform to support Gant. Jordan stated, I never thought of myself as an activist. I thought of myself as a basketball player. Jordan, being the amazing player he is, dropped the ball in the fourth quarter. To this day, it is one of the few knocks on Jordan's career, but to so many people, it it is his greatest failure. He failed to know the heritage. Now, it is easy for us to say he should have endorsed Gantt, no matter the backlash. It is important to keep in mind that Michael was at a level of stardom that no other black athlete had ever been to. Between Air Jordans, Gatorade, the gold medal, the six finals rings, and other accolades, it isn't easy to guide a life that no one really knows about. Jordan was so exclusive, you didn't see him unless you were watching a game on NBC. We did not have the access to players like we do now. So everything he did was a big deal. There's a lot of the line for players when they take political stances, less now than in the past. In fact, we have seen this backfire on athletes very recently. In 2016, Colin Kaepernick kneeled for the national anthem to protest and bring awareness to police brutality and social injustice. Many people took offense to this, thinking the act was meant negatively towards our veterans and troops. Colin has made it very clear that his protest of the anthem has zero to do with our troops and veterans and all to do with social injustice. Kaepernick was not supported by the league office, but was supported by teammates and colleagues across the league. Dolphins wide receiver Kenny Stills and 49ers teammate Eric Reed kneeled with Cap in support. In 2017, Kaepernick opted out of his contract with the, with the 49ers and hasn't played a, f- a snap of football since essentially blackballed from the league. After the murders of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, the NFL issued the NFL office issued a statement backing Colin Kaepernick and supporting his cause. It seems as though the NFL doesn't really care about social injustice. They care about what is trending. If they truly supported caste movement, then why has it taken them four years to acknowledge it? Why is he still unsigned? Is it because he can't play or because they don't want him to play? Well, we are running out of time here on Paps Pod. Thank you for coming. Thank you for listening. Please smash that like button. I hope you have a great rest of your day. See you next time on Paps Pod.